0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What a mine?
1: What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy?
0: James! <laughs> music, <Baseball. laughs>
1: Alrighty folks, welcome to the new episode of the Poe Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro, the dead Poe hitter. Thank you for joining me. Back from a little break, a little vacation, a little time spent um, taking a little breather, doing a little recharge of the batteries, and back at it. Ready to get back into the swing of the podcast game and giving you guys some Some good actionable podcasts that you could uh, listen to and, you know, maybe possibly, um, you know, help you win your leagues or make you become better fantasy players. Um, Today, just doing the main event player movement recap with Todd Whitestone that we do every week. um, And just recapping some of the movement in the, the main event, including the ads and the drops. And so we get into that. We get into some player talk as well. Um yeah, just good to be back, getting on the mic again. Uh gonna try to set up some guests and uh get it get the show rolling again. Um get the your Friday lineup pod. That'll get back into swing this week as well. Um again apologies for anyone, you know, who's missed the podcast, uh I think about hopefully we didn't let you guys down, but uh needed some time. Um and vacation was well worth uh just you know, enjoying life and uh Remembering all the things that are really, really important in life, and uh, you know whether you can take a one-day vacation or seven days, or just enough of a vacation every day. You take time for yourself, do things that you love, do things that put you into good frame of mind, and that gives you great energy, so that you can give off great energy and uh, do good things for yourself, and such so as dominate your fantasy baseball leagues. You know that's important so anyway um yeah thanks for everyone for tuning back in um and here we go we'll do the show with Todd um, and get right back into it all righty welcome back to the pull hitter podcast my name is Rob DiPietro the dead pull hitter I'm here with Mr. Todd Whitestone Todd how are you doing today
0: fine Rob how's it going with you
1: Good. We're back in action after a couple of weeks off from the podcast. I had my vacation last week and um, prior to that, I had some work being done on my house. So that's some stuff going on. And um, now I'm refreshed, uh, ready to get back into the podcast swing. Really? And what what way to start it off with a little, you know, our little player movement recap on the NFC main event leagues. Um, it's been two weeks since we last chatted. How's your team going since uh, we last chatted, Todd?
0: Well, the team that I'm in with you is like one of my worst teams, so I, I can't claim any uh, any good results there. But some of the other teams are actually doing quite well. So overall, I'm happy. Um, it is kind of interesting to follow the whole contest instead of just uh, my own team. So we'll get into that a little bit. But you know, it's 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 kind of fascinating to see all the player movement and all the bidding as it changes over the course of the season.
1: Right. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. Um, yeah. The league that we're in together. Um, um, I'm happy. My team is finally, I'm finally made an improvement in pitching, which I needed with the Grom coming back in gray, starting to get um, rolling into gray form. Uh, I was able to gain 14 pitching points in the last three weeks and uh, went from 78 to 92. So I'm feeling pretty good. Got uh Chipping away, trying to make yep. my way up the ranks. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we're both both of my main event teams, and my other main event team. Um, I'm in the league with Paul Paul Sporer, who's uh having a phenomenal year with his team. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, got up to third in that league as well. So um,
0: yeah, you were uh, third, you were third last uh, Sunday when I uh, not not just just past Sunday a week ago Sunday uh, in that league. So you you hit the leaderboard at that point.
1: Yes, I hit the leaderboard. I finally hit the famous Todd Whitestone article. I know that people are people are pushing to get, you know, to stay in the top three because they want to get, they want to stay in your article, Todd, you know, it's a, it's a big accomplishment for them. Um, but yeah, uh, I was, you know, just telling you that uh, I had my vacation last week and it was really crazy. Um, it led to like a totally different uh, schedule of sorts for my fabbing and everything, just my... Player observations. Um, I was traveling on Saturday, um, and from New York, uh, from New Jersey to North Carolina, and we got uh, we had some car problems in Delaware. Um, me and my wife, and we couldn't use our truck, and luckily we had friends that lived close by, and we were um able to use their um truck we actually went to a beach that was only accessible for four-wheel drive so they happened to have one that they could give to us it was pretty wild we were very grateful but we didn't leave till the next day left sunday morning and so i woke up on sunday morning um, after a crazy saturday a stressful saturday um, wondering how we're going to get our tire fixed and all this uh, rim sorry fixed it was pretty wild and uh yeah. so i woke up i did fab on sunday morning um, in Delaware, like 6 a.m. in um, a 10-year-old bedroom that me and my wife were sleeping in with. And it was, uh, it, it was you know, it was, uh, I, but I, I woke up, I set my alarm. I said, I got to get this done now because I knew we were going to travel. I knew, and once we got to North Carolina, I knew um, that from the stress, we were just going to get into, you know, ultimate relaxation mode. So, sure. <laughs> um, and so I did it. On like 7 a.m. and I didn't go back to it. I think I was just telling you this, you know. Uh, didn't look at box scores that day. Just woke up on Monday and I was like, oh, you know,
0: <laughs> I forgot to go
1: back to you know. But it was one of those first nights of vacation, and you know, we did vacation things and uh, <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, didn't go back to it. But you know what? It felt good. It, it, yeah, it felt sure good. You did to, fine. Um, I mean,
0: sometimes yeah. I wonder, uh, Rob. You know, it's along those lines. You know, all the little tweaks we do in the last hour, sometimes you look back and you go, it really didn't need to, or I shouldn't have done the things that I did in the last hour. It was fine before that. So right. I'm not sure it's always a bad thing to set it and then uh, leave it alone.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, like probably one of the things I would have went back to is adjusted Manoa's price, um, you know, that I had in him i think i'd be uh i think I beat be stampful and uh, constantine um by a uh, couple of bucks um and i didn't find out it's funny i didn't uh find out about it like i said i didn't check the fab like I, <laughs> on sunday night like my whole normal routine like a 1002 checking fab or just spending <laughs> from like seven to ten just last tweaks none of that and in the morning i woke up and uh um, I went on my phone, I had I saw some Twitter messages and I saw Frank Stamples sent me a, a message saying, oh, you know, we had a, we wanted to get Manoa, but we had a feeling that you were going to go up for him because you needed some pitching. And um, that's how I found out, like, normally that's not my routine, but right. you know what, it, it felt good to get out of routine. And, yes. you know, I didn't feel terrible about it, you know, like uh, was pretty much well enough prepared to at least just set that's some bids in the morning and, um, you know, and uh, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty one of those weeks too, where like I had clear cut, you know, needs and it wasn't much. Um, I didn't have to stray too far, you know, with diversification and conditionals um, to end. Sometimes yeah. it just works out better that way, you know?
0: So, yeah. Right. I mean, you I, knew what you had to do. Sometimes after you've done fab for many, many weeks, it's a little easier to do it quickly as opposed to at the beginning of the season, I feel like it takes me a while to get into a routine.
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, So that was my crazy week. And, um, you know, even just being on vacation a week and uh, even leading up to FAB this past Sunday was still different, you know, because I wasn't paying as much attention as I normally would. Um, But, you know, I still had my little routine. I tried to beat everyone up in the morning, have my coffee, at least just look at the box scores, you know, and if I was able to get a couple of, To a couple of articles that I like to read, you know, from Baseball HQ and SP Streamer and whatnot, then, you know, I got to it. If not, then I was like, oh, well, you know, um, it is what it is. So this week, um, today was like a, a, and yesterday was like a feeling of scrambling. Like I felt so behind from what I'm normally accustomed to, you know, um, digesting uh, in fantasy. And plus we had the cut line fab dude tonight so i had to do that Um, i'm only in two so it wasn't so bad but um (laughs) it's uh it's it's definitely not as uh Not as easy as you know doing a weekly one because like I had a certain amount of money and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm spending it all. So right, um, and then it's trying to get the conditionals perfect so you have all stretch out every dollar and it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's a that's tough
0: uh, because you don't get another shot at
1: it. (laughs) You don't get another shot at it, and it's uh, it's hard forecasting. Like you know, I want to be in the top two to you know to advance, but I'm also trying to you know do like a a good balance of setting up for if i do advance you know and i think that was my biggest thing like figuring out how many pitchers and and batters to roster because it's 42 um players
0: right so
1: i was just trying to forecast that like uh it's it's tough it's definitely an interesting format um uh so let's see what happens with that that's at 10 o'clock tonight i think or nine o'clock tonight that's uh i'll get the results of that so
0: Um, Okay, well, we'll keep you occupied until then.
1: Yes, we're not going to go, I'm not going (laughs) back to that. Uh, So, yeah, let's talk about your article on spstreamer.com this week. Um, The Target 5000, your closer encounters, closer encounters of the third kind. Um, Staying staying with your movie themes, I love it. Yes.
0: Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to run out of movie themes, but uh, for for (laughs) this one, I thought uh, this worked fine. It's an old movie, 1977. But I think most people have seen it, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, about alien life forms. And um, I wanted to use something that would allow me to stratify the closers, because that's really, Rob, I think the hardest thing about NFBC main event is getting the closers in the 15-team league. You know, uh, people can talk about, well, get your power, get your speed, but closers are really tough. So I did stratify them into three groups. The first kind was the guys that we all think are sort of locked down, pretty solid, have the job. And the second kind were guys that are really producing, but maybe have some risk associated with them. Uh, But right now they should all be on uh, rosters and in starting lineups, of course. And then the third kind was where I wanted to spend most of my time because they're 13 teams where it's really tough and there's main event rosters with two or three relievers from each of these 13 teams scattered across each league. So who's going to win out Are any of them worth it? It's all up in the air. And I just showed the top two in terms of saves for each of these 13 teams. And you can sort of see, the wide array of situations and, and the number of saves that people have gotten. And a lot of these guys are on the roster. They're not on the wire. So uh, people are at least hoping that these guys work out.
1: I'm looking at that third uh, kind list, uh, the one you're talking about, where there's a lot of fluctuation and, you know, kind of question marks. And it was pretty wild to see um, you. You're showing the team in the, the uh, total save opportunity title. Yeah. Arizona's only had six save opportunities. Right. That is pretty wild. Yeah. Such a low number. Like, and especially when you look up and see that Melanson has 17 saves in itself. Um, yeah. Pretty wild, you know? Oh man makes yeah. me uh, really uh, want to get Crichton out of my lineup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you want to put it positively, he has two-thirds of all the saves. He... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, that's the only bullpen, or no, yes, the only bullpen where I listed somebody that had zero saves as the second uh, closer, uh, Joaquin Soria. So, yeah, that's a crazy situation. First of all, they, they haven't been winning any games at all the diamondbacks. And secondly, who knows who's going to close? I don't really know myself. And I don't think the diamondbacks even know if they get to the ninth inning with a three run lead. I think they're planning to figure it out at that moment. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some other, uh, teams, they like the twins, you know, with Taylor Rogers and Robles, um, a lot of interesting situations in this group and, um, you know, trying to dig some, uh, you know, saves again, like a lot of the guys you have in the secondary closer side is, you know, a lot of guys aren't being started each week, you know? Right. So, um, again, we're missing out on a bunch of saves. Um, I wonder if get, you know, getting like tandem guys would be like, uh, uh, a strategy something you know take, take 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 both of the team's uh closers who might get 15 a piece right, on a year right. and you know get 30 that way you know um, yeah i
0: think it, it can work um i like the strategy from a draft perspective rob because i think if you're not sure at the beginning of the year and then maybe one guy's gonna leap to the front that works i don't like it as well when the team is going back and forth all year because then you're chewing up roster spots for two sort of half closers. Right. And that's not as valuable. Is it workable? Is it better than having no closers? Of course. Right. But, but it's not quite the same thing in the middle of the season. Like if, if I told you, you could have Classe and Karinchak, but you had to play them each week on your team. They're both really good pitchers, but I'm not sure you'd be really excited about that situation.
1: I, um it's funny, I draft, I had only one share of Karinchak all season, um, I stayed away from him when he was going in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. um, in my RotaWire online championship, the only um, online championship I did, it was the last um, draft night of the season, the 31st, and he was like at pick 190, 200, it no. was the lowest he'd gone all year, That's and amazing. And yeah, good, because people were like on Wickering at that point, you know, everyone uh-huh, was like, uh-huh. and um, I'm like, well, you know, I'll take a shot at him at this shot, you know, at this sure, space. Sure. And then in week two, I picked up, um, you no, know, week one, after week one, I picked up Class A for like 50 bucks. Um, and so I had both of them. Then Class A got a whole bunch of saves, I ended up dropping. Dropped um, Karinczak? Karinczak, I dropped them, yeah, because, uh, but you know, I have I have some good saved up. I have Jansen and Alex Reyes in that league, and Trevino on the bench. So, um, you know, I ended up being a, you know, all right. But I could have definitely envisioned a couple of weeks, maybe, where I had them both in. Um, to maybe try to make a little make up a little ground and saves and try to get to the top of that you know while I have closers who are saving you know (laughs) because at the same point I'm trying to get innings pitched you know and while they're there as well but um, if I have closers who have the job you know might as well
0: try to uh, yeah
1: so tell me about the um, the target 5000 for saves and what you found with the 80 percentile and all that fun stuff
0: yeah sure so uh, again I'm I'm trying to uh, construct the number at each point in the season where you'd get 5,000 total points in the overall main event, which means you need 500 points out of a possible 645 in each category. And for saves, in the 2019 full season, you needed 71 saves to get to that level. And at this point, or at the point I did the calculation June 4th, you needed 25 saves to be on track. And so that's a good, solid number, 25. You need two reasonably good closers or three partial closers or something to, in order to be up near the 25 number. Um, and that's hard to do with a uh, main event 15-team lead. But I think uh, it, the good news is it's not any higher than it was two years ago the last full year. So it hasn't moved up. There was some speculation, Rob, that the save number in order to compete would actually go down this year because the saves would be more and more spread out among teams like these last 13 we were talking about. But that really doesn't seem to be the case. People are rostering about the same number of saves. And I think if you get the 71 by the end of the year, you'll be in good shape to get the requisite number of points.
1: Where are you at in some of your 15-team leagues with the saves?
0: Uh, well, in the main events, I mean, in, in two of the three mains, I'm I'm on track, and one I'm I'm lagging for sure. Right. One, one I I got. I think I drafted Rosenthal, and I've had trouble, you know, really replacing his supposed production. But right. um,
1: yeah, I had him in my second main event too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was big.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm I'm third. I'm behind in my mains.
1: Yeah, in main one and two, I'm 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 at 17 and 18. So I'm a little low. 18. Yeah. And then in uh one of my in my online auction championship, uh I'm at 14. Um and then in TGFBI though, I'm at 24. Uh, that's and that's, that's because weird. I have uh hater Diaz. Um and it just and that just like makes me want to do that. More next year. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Take that Hendrick Tater combo in round three and four and call <laughs> that worked it. That well. <laughs> yeah, well, now, yeah.
0: now the, the the online, I think you'd have to be higher than twenty five because uh, you know twelve team leagues. I think it's easier to get a higher save total, but. The, the, oh yeah,
1: sorry. I meant the um. It's it, it, it's called the uh, online auction championship because the auction was online, but it's just the regular auction. Fifteen teams. Oh, it was and, an
0: auction. Yeah, team. okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so it,
1: then it would be about the same number. Okay. Yeah, in the um in my OC I have 33 saves. I have that was a team I was just referencing to. Oh, okay. I, have, I got uh, it. I thought
0: you were talking about 12 teams. Okay. Yeah,
1: yep. Sorry to confuse you, but uh yeah, so it's definitely um you know, it's definitely <laughs> been an issue all year to try to get those saves for sure. So 71 saves um let's, let's, that's,
0: that's that's your goal in the 15 team yeah. I think is 71 and if you, if you can be in the mid twenties about now, I think you have a shot or if you can luck into a closer sometime in the next month or two.
1: Right. Right. We're seeing, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to pounce on, uh, you know, uh, this week, I think I took a shot at Col you know, um, cheap coal salsa. uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, yep. again, three bucks. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the guy, but, uh, he had it last year and he's, been pitching really well. So um, at this point, those two, $3 shots, if I can get a couple of saves here and there, um, you know, and fill it in. So um, talk to me about the amount of money being spent on the average for this week and how that's trending and uh, what we should have left maybe to uh, have on our hands to bid for the rest of the season. What's a good, healthy number.
0: Right. So the main event winning bids uh, have been dropping as expected. They've been in the 20s uh, for the last five weeks. And they, in this week, it was even slightly below $20 for the average winning bid. And the average team got two players, so it was about $40 spent per team. And so uh, if, you, if you average it all out, uh, the average main event team has spent $620, so leaving them 380 left. And if you said, well, I wanna spend on an exact straight line basis, That um, they should have actually spent uh, 407 instead of 620. So um, it's it, it is a fact that you should spend more money up front. But I think the 380 is a little light compared to what's needed. There's been 11 of the 27 fab periods that have run, so there's still 16 left. And if you're an average main event team, that means you would have to average about $24 per week over those 16 weeks. So that's pretty low. Um, But again, there's some teams that have significantly more and there are some teams down you know, 100 or 200 bucks. Um, But I just feel like uh, it's good to, to show the general trend. And I think it's gonna continue to slow down and teams are gonna have to spend 30, $20 over the next few weeks. Now, now the one other thing I'll mention uh, when we didn't have a podcast last week is that there was the big Manoa sweepstakes, so the number did jump up almost to thirty dollars last week, which did take a bite out of the average budget for uh, main event teams. Nice, wow, yeah.
1: Um... I mean, I know, uh, in our league last, last week, I uh, spent 11 bucks and I'm like very conscious after that big Manoa bid that dropped me down into like the 300s and my other league I had about six ninety seven hundred 700 bucks. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I'm hoping for some, some possible, uh, you know, uh, big time league changers that are going to be called up possibly mm-hmm. and, uh. Pounce on those for sure. Um, Sonny Gray just got hurt, came out of the game. All right. that stinks. Five strikeouts in three innings. Looked great. Yeah, he threw a couple warm-up pitches, and he he, he shook his head no. Uh, he was
0: on the I.L. Uh, a week or two ago, wasn't he?
1: To start the season, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah.
0: I think even re- more recently, or, or maybe he wasn't on the I.L., but he was. They, they skipped a start or something. There was some issue with him a week or two ago.
1: Man, he was starting to look really good. Oh, well. Yeah. There we go. Um, (laughs) So uh, let's talk about some players for the week. Who are the big guns of the week? We have Mr. Patrick Wisdom picked up in all 42 leagues for the highest of 205. Um, Yes. He's the, you know, he's, he's come out like a, like a, like a wrecking ball like Miles Cyrus, but uh, you know, still got some contact issues that I'm kind of worried about and any strikeout issues. But yep. obviously he's he's not going to keep up the you know the eight barrel, seven homer pace, um <laughs> <laughs> or the 38% barrel pace. Yeah, but uh he
0: hit, he hit 438 with seven homers last week, which I don't know. Uh there's a lot of Hall of Famers who never had a week like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I guess the reason I wasn't I did put him in some of my bid waterfalls, but I didn't go crazy trying for him was because I just feel like the Cubs have lots of people that are out right now and that will be pressing for playing time on the way back. And I'm not sure he's going to play six days a week um, once he start, starts hitting more normally. So for now, it's great if you're just looking for a couple of weeks, but they got Bote, Horner, Matt Duffy. Um, Baez is even a little dinged up right now. So I think, I think it's going to put a squeeze on his playing time. And, and he's not shown this kind of batting average. I think he does have power. Not seven homers a week power, but he does have power. But anyway, uh, 205 seems really high to me if you people that got him for 50 and under, I say that's probably a good buy. Um, but we'll see in a couple of weeks how he's panning out.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, he had those bids too that were in the fifties and sixties the thirties, they were very competitive bids. Um, yeah. Uh, very close bids. And um, yeah, I think this is just one of those, uh, you know, I think like uh, your mean Mercedes has taught us like, you know, maybe you can stay hot for a little longer than, you know, um, one or two weeks, you know, and hopefully sure. just ride a couple of good stats that week. Uh, but I do agree with you with the depth of the team. Um, even though it's not great depth, it's still some depth that, you know, you got to wonder if he has a couple of, uh, you know, you should drink some, uh, on, un- on, Bats, you know, yep. straight and then he'll lose some PT. Um, so, yeah, uh, I wasn't looking at any Patrick wisdom. The next guy that I want to talk about, Taylor Trammell, mm-hmm. um, didn't really have a spot for him on any of my teams, but I was interested for sure in him. Um, he was picked up in 38 leagues for as high as 100. Um, he had an average winning bid across those leagues of 36 bucks. Um, you know, uh, Kalnick is sent down. Um, he smashed the ball at triple um, right. a he's got some interesting um peripherals uh, he's got some interesting stats and his hard hit from fly balls and stuff like that it's is uh, it's 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 pretty solid you know and um i think he he's gonna come up as possibly like a with a little bit of a different mindset and um you know i think i like this bit here i, I like this pickup for anyone who got him this week i think he's gonna um Definitely go on a little run here, and yeah, and give you some good stats. What do you think about yeah. Tramel? I, I,
0: I'm in favor of him too. I think he did figure something out in the minors. I like guys like that that went down and then sort of improved their numbers, mm-hmm. and he he certainly did. And I think I think uh, they're going to play uh, Tramel and Fraley and see who sort of wins out. But but I do think he has a good chance. He he does have talent and. So, again, uh, the highest winning bid on on him was 100, but there were a lot of winning bids uh, under that, and I did get him in a a league or two myself. So I'm hoping that he can sort of maintain it.
1: Right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. There were definitely a lot of really good bids for him this week. Some similar bids um, were for Mr. Edward Olivares on Mm -hmm. KC Royals. Uh, He was picked up also in 38 leagues. his high as 59, average winning bid across the 38 leagues of 23 and a half bucks. Um, yep. I have him on a couple of draft champion teams. Um, so I'm hoping to catch some lightning in a bottle from him there. I wasn't so sure as to if I was so sure about, I guess, his playing time. Um, but yeah, I do I- love the skill set. Uh, I've been a fan of the skill set for quite some time, so yeah. I like this pickup. Um, what do you um, – what's your thoughts on Olivares? Do you think yeah. he did, um, he's got the capability to strung out the rest of the season or just, yeah. just for a couple of a couple of weeks, a couple of months?
0: Yes, uh, Rob, I think Kansas City has shown that they're going to try to compete and they're going to use the players they have. So Olivares definitely can give you some speed. I think it was a little confusing, which kept the bids lower because he was sent down then he was recalled. What was it? Twenty four hours later. Yep. I think he.
1: It was pretty close to. Yeah, the I think was he only like that. had
0: time to go to the locker room and then come back. So that was fine. Um, but I think, I think he could really help out teams that are in need of steals. And uh, I'm hoping they give him a chance to play. I'd only got him one, one place on a twelve team draft, but. Um, I do think he, he can really help the clubs that picked him up.
1: And staying for the, let's stay with the Royals for a second. I want to talk about um, Bobby Witt. Um, he wasn't um, scooped up in a whole bunch of leagues, but seven leagues he was scooped up this week in yeah. one league for as high as 123. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about his, his possibility of coming up? Cause it's just hard for me to think that they're going to call him up when they've had the chance to, I know, like, maybe they say he wasn't ready, but, you know, with Mondesi being out, you know, they've had the, you know, the opportunity to bring him up, but um, he hasn't come up yet. Do you think he's going to get the shot, Jim?
0: I think that they will give him a shot, um, but I don't know that it's going to be right away. So I think if you can hold him for three or four weeks or so, or maybe a little longer, he could really work out. But that's, that's a long time to hold a guy on an NFBC roster with seven bench spots. Um, and, uh, you know, as we've seen with some of these rookies, I mean, Whit is very talented, but so was Kellenick, And so were some of the other guys and they don't always hit the ground running. They sometimes need a little time to adjust. And it's really hard to have five weeks of waiting and then get, you know, a one for 23 or something um but anyway yeah i do i if if i had the space i'd love to have them but that's the question that you have to answer
1: right right i want to move on to a couple of um young uh lefty pitchers uh patrick sandoval keegan aiken and uh, tucker davidson yes. um they were picked up in uh Pretty much uh, see 24 leagues for Sandoval, 28 for Davidson, and uh 21 for Aiken. Um you interested in any of these guys, Todd?
0: I went heavy for Sandoval because mm, I just nice. like his strikeout upside. Um, so that was the guy I focused in on. Um, Aiken, I wasn't as interested in just because I always worry about the Camden Yards situation and uh, the baltimore is not a good team maybe right. i overemphasized that um and the third guy was tucker davidson I, I was interested in him i did have him in on my bid streams but i did not get him anywhere i do i do think he's interesting he doesn't have quite the pedigree of some of the other guys but um he's done well so far so you really can't complain he's worth a shot in a 15-team league for sure
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, what I liked about Sandoval and Aiken too, they are both um got some great sea contact um about 80 actually. Sandoval's under 80. That's uh, a real good number. Um league average is about 83.7. Um I like to see that, you know, they're able to get in the zone and uh, you know, challenge challenge um, hitters. Um I think Keegan Aiken just uh I like it. I, I, I like the fact that he hasn't um he came back in definitely thrown, um, less, less balls and he's walking less guys, but yeah, his K, wow. K percentages dropped down a little bit. So, um, but I like his skills too. And I think he's going to have some run here with means being out. And in general, I think, um, that they kept them down and, uh, you know, f- maybe to limit his innings a little bit, like the his innings a little bit, but I think he's going to be up and I think he's going to pitch pretty solid the rest of the way. Um, okay. I like I like Aiken. I like Sandoval too. I like that move, Todd. Um, hopefully he gets a chance to keep it going in in the rotation. Um yep, you know, yep. absolutely. Uh let's see, Todd. Uh let's see who else we talk about here. Bobby Bradley, he was a pretty uh pretty yeah. popular pickup this week. Um came up, smashed uh it's that one game, right? It's always that one game right before exactly, the pickup exactly. that can really, really draw people in. I'm sure he was gonna get some love, but that that always helps when they have that big game.
0: Yeah, he, he's obviously got the power. He can hit the ball a long way. The question is, is he going to strike out 35% of the time? You know, that's the issue. But it, again, it depends on your roster, Rob. If you have a team that is low on home runs and RBI, then I say it's a good gamble. Cleveland. It's not like Cleveland has these, these big studs in the outfield that would preclude him from playing. So,
1: right, yeah, I totally agree with that. Oh,
0: so he, he has a chance, and again, can he, he could get hot. What if he gets hot like Patrick Wisdom? But again, I think you're buying a lottery ticket with a guy like Brad.
1: Definitely, definitely agree with that. I uh, definitely don't like the uh, the profile there. Um, I'll, I'd rather, I'd rather, uh, you know, take my shot with a more um guy inclined to hit for some contact and you know, at least be be in a good spot to get some playing time. Right. You know? Right, um
0: exactly.
1: Let's talk about some of the lower uh level, you know, possible closer tandem types, like uh some teams, some more teams added Paul Fry, some more teams added Cole Sulser, yep. Scott Barlow, Jose Cisnero, you know, offer similar similar prices. Um any of these guys strike you as a, a, a possible um you know, rest of season closer. What do you think about Detroit first? That's, um, I have um, Fulmer in one of my 15 team leagues. I held on to him for one more week yeah. um, because, I, I, you know, I didn't want to let go of him too soon. Um, okay. Do you think um, he's going to come back soon? And do you think that yeah. uh, it's going to be Soto or Cisnero? No, K-
0: I, think, Cisnero? I think Fulmer has the inside track. And the word was that he's not going to be out that long. So the question is, when he gets back, is he going to be right back in the closer role? Maybe not. So he's not the most valuable of closers, even if he's got the job. But certainly, I think he could be the closer. He's much more reliable than um, Soto. I don't know if you've seen Soto pitch, but he's one of these guys that can throw a 10 feet up the backstop on one pitch and and then (laughs) throw a strike at the knees on the next one. Um, and then Cisnero, I don't know a lot about, but I don't think he's anything special. So, yeah, I, I do say if I had to pick, I'd go with Fomer for Detroit.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, I was thinking the same thing, too. I was figuring in the save landscape, and I think you nailed it. He's not the most valuable of closes, but no. he still was doing pretty good in the role. So, yeah, um, it was one of those spots where I was able to hold on to him for another week. Sure. Um, but I do... I do like Scott Barlow a lot on the Royals, just, but I think they just use him in a role, you know, that he's not going to get the saves. But he definitely, I think, in my eyes, is the best reliever in that pen.
0: Yeah, here, here, Kyle Zimmer, I think, have the best skills, but uh, they seem to want to give it to Stalmond, and uh, Stalmond is active again, I believe.
1: He is, um, yes.
0: So I think now uh, they haven't given him a save opportunity, but. You know, he only got activated Saturday or something. So um, we'll see. So what wary happens. of that,
1: yeah. I'm so wary of his walks. You know, Stalmont. I still think yeah. it's going to come back to haunt him. Um, and you it's know, Kansas City. Line.
0: I mean, these again, these teams, these 13 teams. Uh, you're you're playing with fire. I mean, could it work out. It would be interesting to, to look at the end of the year, Rob, and say what's the most value you could have gotten out of any closer from those 13 teams. Right. And I'm not sure it's going to be a high amount, maybe one or two guys out of the whole group.
1: Right. I I would think so. Something in that range for sure. Um, I want to talk to you about some, uh, some, some guys, um, some single league pickups, those high, high dollar, single league guys we got Lucas Sims who uh, was picked up for a buck forty five Luis right. Luis Severino for one twenty five yeah. um even a Jeff McNeil scoop for 71 bucks mm-hmm. um and uh, Zach Allen was another guy I wanted to bring up but he was picked up in three leagues uh for the price 87 58 38 um what do you think about the Sims pickup you think he's the guy right now
0: I do I think he again Cincinnati is tough but I think he's got the inside track right now. I don't think Garrett really is is the viable option. Uh, TJ Antone, they like him in a multi-inning role. So I would say Sims is the best pick. 145 is a lot, but, you know, probably the best available for that team. So I certainly can support that. And then Severino, you know, who knows what he's going to be like or how many innings he's going to go, but he's talented and, they said he was throwing 98 miles an hour I certainly would play. Um,
1: What's your reasonable expectation as a Yankee fan?
0: Of Luis Severino for this season? Yeah. Luis Severino for this season, I would say yeah. that reasonable would be um, that he starts out late July, gives you five innings, a, a shot for the next three or four starts, and then slowly works up to six or seven and gives you – you know, like six wins with a 3.8 ERA.
1: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I would think that, I would think like it would be great for the Yankees if they, you know, if they go out to make the playoffs, just like if, if, if he's ready to be that number two behind Cole, right? You know, like if he's ready to be that guy by that time, I think the Yankees, well, you know, that would be great for them for sure.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. The problem really hasn't been pitching, though, honestly. The pitching has been re- reasonably good. It's, What's the uh, deal with
1: Clint Frazier? Why does everyone love him, Todd? Well,
0: I think he's got talent, but I mean, again, he's <laughs>
1: yeah. A lot of people have talent. If you're in the major league, you got talent, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have talent, Rob. <laughs> 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 no, uh, you know, this, I don't know. He last year he was hitting fine in the shortened season. He was he was driving the ball, and he's just he's just been in a funk. He's not really hitting the ball hard at all, even his. I think he had a, he has one homer and it got into the third row of the left field stand. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm disappointed in how that's worked out. I didn't invest him into fantasy, but still, I just thought he he'd really use this as a jumping off point. They gave him they've given him plenty of chances. It's not like they jerked him in and out of the lineup or anything.
1: Yeah, and uh, Lemayhu Torres, they're uh, you know yeah
0: they're all underperforming except for maybe Aaron Judge. Right. Um, he's been, been, been good, but everybody else, I would say, real disappointing. Um, so I don't know what, if, they, if they're if they only going to score two or three runs a game. It kind of doesn't matter what Severino does.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> very good point. All right, let's let's talk about a couple of the drops. You have a couple of drops here that you mentioned um, from some players. Uh, um, I, I, I like do want to mention,
0: uh, uh, Rob, let's just dwell on. The Edwin Diaz dropped from last week, though, because I, right. I highlight that in my article. He was picked up for $491. That was the high bid for the week. And uh, I was like curious, why did somebody drop Edwin Diaz?
1: Yeah, I think it was Dusty Wagner, right? He He's fading closers. Oh, well, he, he went to starters, right?
0: Yeah, so he, uh, he, he, he has now 13 starters. Yeah. And, and no closers. He had Diaz before this. And I guess he figured... You know, I'm not going to with one closer. I'm not going to really get much in the way of, of points uh, for doing that. So uh, I'm going to at least drain the system of some fab and get 13 starters that I can mix in and out of my lineup. And maybe maybe he doesn't hit the overall, but he wins the league that way with with uh, strikeouts and wins. You know, so I can see the strategy, but I just thought it was interesting to point out because. You
1: don't see an Edwin Diaz drop very often. Yeah, no, uh, definitely not. My my um my tag team partner, Jenny Butler, she's in that league. And
0: uh well, really
1: and she was telling me, you know, how much would you bid on Diaz? And I was like, I mean if I had a couple of closes already, you know, I would dump a whole bunch of money on them, just like that, you know, sure, that didn't sure. to, you know. But she she did not get him. he has got about 10 now. I think he's pretty much a lock for 20 more the rest of the way. You know, that's a pretty good uh
0: Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah, Jenny, it's a pretty good. Jenny
1: did not win, uh, Edwin Diaz. No, no did right. not, did not. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was the wow bit of the week. Um, uh, missed... yeah, yeah, it was just the wow drop of the previous week that led to the, <laughs> that led to the wow bit of the
0: yeah, it was week. There was, was, was a lot of wows for that one, so I, I'm
1: sorry to. No, to no, no, water. that was good, that was a good thing to bring up. I forgot to talk about that, I skipped right over that. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about. Some of the drops um, one of my favorite yeah. players of the moment Chad Pinder um, yeah he had a pretty decent week he seemed to be playing he got three
0: right. positions
1: right. and it uh, was dropped in six weeks uh,
0: yeah. yeah I mean there, there's some curious things like guys that were sort of really aggressively targeted or at least some to some extent in the last few weeks and they were all dropped you know between two and six teams uh pinder brad miller was on fire and then had one rough week and then everybody's dropping him. taylor walls had attracted a lot of bids yep and now he's being dropped um dylan bundy has struggled for a while but again he's got potential you saw he was picked up for 118 dollars by some team this past week um and then uh hansel robles has at least a share of the saves in Minnesota and he was dropped by two teams so it's, it's kind of curious and then I did list some some guys that were dropped in one league just for interest sake and they did include some closers too Paul Fry who's being picked up um, Kendall Graveman who's been out with COVID but should be coming back and Staumann who is back um, so again there is some movement and and people I guess are a little impatient and, and if you have a lot of injuries I can understand why but I think some of these guys probably shouldn't have been dropped I would have to say
1: yeah yep uh, I would agree especially with uh you know like a team just took a chance on Fry or Graveman um specifically too uh I know he doesn't have the full role but he's just been, been a great pitcher too yeah um plus I guess you know maybe uh we don't even know what was even wrong with him. We he had COVID or just I'm assuming he did, but uh, yeah,
0: we don't know uh, for sure. But Dylan
1: Bundy was in, interested in drop, you know, two, two, uh, we dropped in two leagues. He was all, he was also picked up in the one league he was dropped in last week for like uh, about a uh, hundred bucks as well.
0: He was added and he's dropped in two leagues, so you can see that there's differing uh situations, but. I would I would preach patience with a guy like Bundy because he's shown it in the past. Again, I don't know what these owners had in terms of starting pitching, but
1: right, right, all that stuff matters for sure. Um, let's hit on some of the guys that were keeping tabs up from four weeks ago. Seems to be a pretty good week uh, from yeah, from a month yeah. Ago. So,
0: so three weeks ago, four players. were keeping track, and uh, we had two really good pickups uh, three weeks ago. James Caprillion and Hansel Robles, who we talked about, um, they've both been pretty good. Uh, Caprillion has given people two wins with a 3.080 ERA. Robles, one win, five saves over that period. That's pretty Solid. good. Yeah. Yeah. And so those are good pickups. And even the other two, this, the third and fourth guys, Michael Fulmer is injured. So I put him in the middle column, but he was, he was being productive before that. And then, Matt Beatty is a little tougher. He was hitting 280, but he was still in sort of a part-time role. So I did put him in the middle column. If, if he got more playing time, maybe he could move up. But we like to look at this in a three-week chunks because that's the most important period for a pickup is right after you get him. And he's most of the times in your lineup for the next three weeks.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like we're getting better at this fab thing, Todd, as we go <laughs> as the season goes along.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just random. We'll see next week, but uh, right now, it's it's. I think we, we have seven good pickups that we've rated, eight that are really bad, and, uh, and then we've had nine that are sort of in the middle, so it's sort of a mixed bag. Um, everybody's hoping for one of those seven that really work out, um, but you know, it only has happened one third of the time about.
1: Right. Very, very interesting. Um, talk to me about the the standings, standing movement sure. and the overall. Um, yeah.
0: So Scott Kotchek is still leading. He was leading last week. We didn't do the podcast, but he, he maintained his lead. It's only a half a point though, over John Posma. Um, John is right on his heels. And
1: uh, he's on everybody's heels. Actually, actually, everyone's on his heels because he's mostly in front of everybody. He's mostly
0: in (laughs) front of everybody. He's in front of me in an online league. I know that. Um, Anyway, uh, so they're really uh, at the top. And then I went through the previous leaders. And interestingly, all of the people that have been number one overall at some point during the season, um, every week, all those guys are still in the top 20 I would have thought that one or two of them would have dropped down to be you know in the 30s or 40s or just have a some injury bad luck but no all of the let's see one two three four five six seven fantasy owners that have led this overall are still in the top 20 so it's really close in terms of the overall standings and um, again there's There's 18 teams that are 5,000 points or higher. And then there's two teams that are just under 5,000. And uh, a lot of good players. It's going to be really close and exciting to watch. Hopefully um, you or I can move up and actually uh, be involved in least in the top 100. Um, But anyway, um, I digress. And then in terms of the individual leagues, I did show the leaders of the individual leagues and the interesting thing to note there, Rob, is that only eight leagues had new leaders this week Mm -hmm. compared to 12 last week. So again, it could cycle back a little bit, but out of 43 leagues, I would have expected that there'd be more than eight new leaders. Um, But uh, there's a lot of hotly contested leagues and um oh and the, one other point was the there's the ex- exact same order first second third in 11 of 43 leagues from mm. one week, week to the next
1: oh wow interesting so,
0: so yeah not even one in the top three at least moved uh changed places um so that's pretty interesting yeah things
1: are starting to settle as are starting more starting
0: of- to settle and i think honestly if i i'm not doing this but if i was looking at it in two or three week chunks instead of one week, it would obviously be a little different, Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, in in one week chunks, there's not going to be a lot of movement. You've got to make a more sustained charge to really change places than just have one good week or something. Um, And then I also, the last thing was I listed again, the, the top fantasy owners. We have Tyler Young, who's had three first place teams, same as last week. Phil wow. So Clark Olson, fantastic players, two first place, one second. Uh, Matthew Davis, Chris Fessler, two first and one third. And then there's a, a total of 13 guys I highlighted. They're all multiple uh, leaders. And uh, they count for, what was it? 33 of the top 129 places for
1: those 13 uh, fantasy owners. Fantastic players out there. That's for sure though. Yes. Everyone involved in the main event. It's just, fun, you know, really, really solid. Um,
0: yeah, that's Such I a have.
1: sharp, sharp leagues. Uh, and um, I'm just enjoying the, uh, you know, um, just doing this podcast and, you know, constantly looking at the player movement. Um, I just feel like I'm getting more of a feel for, you know, what what the trends are and how to anticipate them and uh, be prepared for any shifts in the market, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think if you go down the list of, of all 15 players in some of these leagues, there's some really top players and you look and they might be sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth place. And it's, it's really tough. It's not, it's not uh, easy to, just walk out there and uh, be in the top, even top five in a main event league. And I think that's what the attraction is, Rob, is that, you know, yeah, you could play in a home league maybe and, uh, you know, win or be in top three easily, but you're not going to do that against this competition.
1: Right. One thing I've been getting used to doing, um, and, uh, I'll throw this out to Phil, the robot, our friend, um, he you he, he tell me he likes to review the weekly stats, um, the overall weekly stats and so not just the year, but like, um, you know, um, what happened last week, you know, across the overalls, uh, yeah. across all the stat that categories. And so it's pretty cool. I've been looking at, you know, um, every week uh, and just to just to kind of see how I'm doing in the overall um for the week so you know I find myself getting a little better and better and I find myself you know um at least consistently in the top uh 90 or 100 like plate appearances you know so trying to uh because like the top you know you see um all the really successful players in the top of that so uh, of course maximizing the volume um but um, yeah. so just something I, uh, I've been doing more recently is to really kind of get an understanding of how my team is doing every week, you know, how they're performing versus the field. Um, yep, yep. And, you know, obviously at that point, too, you know, you're trying to decide um, if you're going to play for the, you know, the league or the overall. Like, I know in our league, I'm definitely just playing for our league because I don't think I'm going to climb yeah. from 197 to the top. But uh, mm-hmm. still, you know still want to you know grind my way up there yeah, just keep uh, at least you know, place. You never, yeah. know.
0: you never know. I think uh, you can definitely move up. And uh, I think you're right. Innings pitched and at-bats are very important. You know, I, I had a decision in a couple of leagues about Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, they say he's going to start Saturday, and he's really fine after taking a comeback or off his leg. But I, I put in a different player um, in those leagues because it could easily be a zero now he might right. he might start and he might do great but hopefully i get something out of the other guy and uh that's what i think you have to do you can't take a lot of zeros if you're going to be in, in close competition
1: i like uh i have him on a whole bunch of teams probably one main event and at least three draft champions and include my online championship and Think what I did is I just like diversify. I think I started him in one or two leagues, <laughs> you know. I was like, yeah, so let discarded. me not throw, yeah, right, in case he does, you know. Um, because I like this matchup too, I think he's placing the Indians, right? Right, uh, right,
0: he's got a good matchup if it sticks,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, you know, let me take a shot at an, in one sure. or two spots, and sure. um, you know, so but uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, definitely a battle, I think, all across all leagues, like uh. Like I said, I did one VOD wire online championship, the the OCs, um, and I'm in 13th overall. And uh, it's the really? only 12. Yeah, it's a. I'm in a good spot. It's the only 12 team I did uh, besides like the uh, best balls on the NFPC. And uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I kind of wish I did more. You know, <laughs> I like it's a. It's such a different beast than the main event in sure. in, in terms of uh, like I think the like the main event is is kind of easier with the player movement. Um, because there's, there's clear cuts like upgrades and, and right the you online know, championship with all the better players available. It's kind of like
0: uh, yeah, they, you know. there's so many guys on the waiver wire that it's kind of tough to say, where should I spend my money?
1: Right, um, right. And also too on your team, it's like I I can't cut this guy, like you know, <laughs>
0: right, exactly.
1: Especially if you're playing a lot of fifteens, you gotta get out of that mindset. But uh
0: exactly it's hard. It's hard. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to stay on the grind. Um uh I'm trying to. I'm trying to make my mark, Todd. I want to.
0: You're going to do it. You're going to do I'm fine. Do so All right. You I'm can tryn- be in the top twenty uh, with in the middle of August in the online championship. Then you know you got your six week run. Then that, that's the time to really uh, uh, get nervous. But right now, just just keep doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I want. I'm going for like a uh, you know e- e- uh, a healthy overall finish in 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 most of the leagues i'm in you know so i want to have a draft champion team up there and a and an online championship hopefully i can bump my main event up there too and tgfbi also i'm 11th in that one so all
0: right i'm coming
1: for everybody everyone beware (laughs) but uh all right todd yeah yeah triple threat triple threat (laughs) um you know uh but uh Todd, it's been a pleasure to get back on the mic with you and uh, talk about some baseball. And um, I think we got some. We're going to line up some more guests, like we had Phil and John Posma on. Sure. Uh, I think next week we're going to be talking to Matt Modica, um, and then we'll we'll get some other players out here too. Um, get some of these NFBC vets to come out and give us some secrets of the game and uh, just share some thoughts on the season and how they're looking to improve their teams.
0: That'll be fun. Matt, Matt's a good guy and a good player.
1: Yes, and Matt Matt was our um, our draft moderator in our live online draft, that's right? right, uh, uh, right. The, the live New York draft. Yeah, he right. was, Yeah, he, he's good, Matt. So, um, all right, Todd, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter sure. and uh, where they can find your work.
0: Sure, at Telstar7 on Twitter. And then uh, I, I, my article is free. It's at spstreamer.com. And we always try to mention the uh, Discord which is available uh, as a $10 a year um, uh, service that you can join. There's a lot of great people on there. If you want to uh, get some ideas or ask some questions and uh, people can reach out on Twitter if they have any questions or have any information. I'm just happy uh, at the reception for this article. I wasn't quite sure, but a lot of people seem to be liking the article and liking the review of the main event, which is a, uh,
1: of a premier event in the industry right i agree and uh i think it's just a good dive it's a good practice too for anyone to just replicate in any of their home leagues or anything um you know just like like being being aware of more than just who you're adding who you're dropping you know right uh just have a good good awareness of how much people have left in fab if it's a fab league you know who who has a tendency to pick up what um kind of those things that you know really kind of like uh, lag maybe in our participation of, of, of looking at those things but when you yeah. really dive in you can really um you know when you're your fab whispering uh you know will get better mm-hmm. because you'll just find trends you know like uh you know whatever you could do to get that good you know any type of edge in your league it's definitely mm-hmm. uh Definitely helpful. So, all right, Todd. Awesome. Thank you for joining me. And we'll Thank you, talk Rob. Again next Appreciate
0: week Appreciate the
1: time. Appreciate it. All right, Todd. all right folks. That will conclude this episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast. Thank you again for listening. Much appreciated. My name is Rob DiPietro, the Dead Bull Hitter. You can find me on Twitter at Dead Hitter and at Pull Hitter Pod. Send me any questions. You want to talk about baseball, life, whatever. Be well in your life. It's only going to lead to success everywhere else. Good. Positive outlook Fade the noise Fade that bullshit Form your own conclusions Boom
0: But anyway Be well everyone Don't be a bag of shit Cause that sucks